Well, I hope and pray that God will always raise up prayer warriors in our church because I tell you what, Jesus said, without me you can do nothing and we can be awful busy doing nothing, amen, and uh, thank God for the faithful prayer warriors and so forth. All right, we'll dismiss the children up through age uh, eight, all the children that would like to go to uh, Children's Church or Welcome to stay with your family, but we appreciate our faithful workers and all the children up to age eight. Uh, Did I say something wrong? Okay. When I see somebody grinning at me, I think, okay, what did I say? I'm always doing that, so I think, okay, did I get the age wrong? Did I do? Okay. Open your Bibles with me to Proverbs. Uh, For a few services, we've gone to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 17 today, And we picked out, we said that a lot of these Proverbs are like golden nuggets, nuggets of gold, diamonds. One of the, I mentioned already that we were in the mountains this week and uh, one of the activities the kids got involved in was a little activity, mining activity. They had little buckets of sand with brown dirt looking sand with uh, uh, stones and all in it and they would uh, were mining they were washing them out and and looking for these and then later they they picked one of them and made a little craft I saw some of the kids had them on this morning and uh, so you go to the book of Proverbs and you are spiritually mining for a little nugget of I say a little nugget of wealth God spiritual wealth uh, nuggets of gold and spiritually speaking that are worth more than all the gold and the wealth of this world. Amen. And so since this is Father's Day, we go to Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6. Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6. A very familiar verse. Proverbs 17 verse 6. <clears throat> Children's children are the crown of old men. And the glory of children are their fathers. Children's children are the crown of old men. And the glory of children are their fathers. Let's pray. Father, I just pray today that from your word, the Holy Spirit would help all of us today. The children, the ladies, the men. But God, if we could just... Speak to my heart. Help me, O oh God, to be a, a more godly father and grandfather. And help, maybe there's a father here with a burdened heart, a need. Speak to our hearts, O oh God, not because we deserve it. Honor your word, O oh God, as you said you would. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Children's children or grandchildren or great-grandchildren, the Bible says this little nugget of gold and truth here in Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6 says that children's children are the crown of old men or older men. How many grandfathers do we have here today? Raise your hand. All the grandfathers. Okay, great. Look around. How many great-grandfathers? You have great... How many great-grandfathers? All grandfathers are great, of course, all right? Uh, Great-great-grandfather? Anybody great-great? Okay. I saw at least two hands go up. Now, what does that word crown mean? Well, it has a variety of meanings. It means that those grandchildren, those children's children, they are are blessed. They're a blessing. They are our enjoyment most of the time. Uh, our riches, our wealth, 
I had a multimillionaire one time remind me and my wife Judy how rich we were. Maybe not in land and buildings and money, but in children and grandchildren. You know, God, God's ways aren't always our ways, are they? And so forth. Uh, a crown, a blessing, enjoyment, riches. And if they're following a path of godliness, what a contribution to our nation and society. Amen. Raising a godly, holy seed. And whatever your perspective is on the crown as a grandfather this morning, you can. I'm sure you'll agree with the Word of God that children's children are the crown of the older men and the women, of course. And then it says that... <clears throat> The children and the glory of children are their fathers. We glory in the grandchildren and the little children glory in their fathers. If I had the title of the message today, it would simply be this. Needed godly fathers. Needed godly fathers. I looked up that word glory. Proverbs 17 verse 6. The glory of children are their fathers. I looked that word glory up in a Greek dictionary, and the first word that came up was the word ornament. Ornament. I thought, well, what does that mean? So I began to study the word ornament. And I found out that uh, there was a time that an ornament means... uh, Actually, this was interesting, that one of the many synonyms for ornament was the word doodad, D-O-O-D-A-D. Fathers, you're just a doodad, <laughs> or a whatnot. Now, we sang a song this week about crawdads. You get a line, I'll get a pole, we'll go down. <clears throat> We're in church. I... We talked that to some of our family members who, and all. But a doodad, a whatnot, an ornament. And then he goes on to talk about how that uh, qualities, virtues, graces that add beauty and luster. I thought, well, all that sounds good, but a child glories in his father as an ornament. uh, Graces and virtues that add beauty and luster. And then I saw, now I'm going somewhere, an archaic. That means a definition of an ornament that's kind of so old it's archaic is a useful accessory. A useful accessory. I thought, well, now that's making a little more sense, that fathers are useful accessories, not just something that adds beauty and luster. Fathers, you are more than a doodad. You're a useful accessory. Well, then I kind of studied that a little bit, and I thought, well, what's a useful accessory? Well, it's something that's not really essential. (laughs) You're not really necessary. You're kind of like a bell and a whistle. You know, you're nice to have around and all, and you add a little beauty maybe, but you're not really an essential. I thought, well, no, that's not, well, that don't help, you know. And... uh, Fathers, I think what I'm trying to say is you're more than just a doodad and an ornament and a useful accessory. 
You are an essential, an absolute essential. What is that? Something that's indispensable and of utmost importance. In other words, as we've heard Steve and others sing and we've heard here that song, every home needs a hero. And that's what it's saying there in Proverbs 17, verse 6, that the latter part, and the glory of children are their fathers. Every child ought to be able to have a father as a hero. Now, children may have heroes in the sports field and different fields and music fields and all, but when it comes to the real issues of life, and we're talking as Christians today, every child, and and wouldn't it be great if if every child in the world today had a godly father, which is so essential, of utmost importance. And when it comes to the real principles and issues of life, that that father becomes that child's hero, the one he or she looks up to and follows in their path and so forth. In other words, Father, we just want to simply remind you today of your importance. Do you realize how important you are to your family, to your children, and your whole society? We have a little grandson, Evan, our daughter that lives in South Carolina. Evan's about three, I think. And uh, he... Uh, our Uncle Tim, our son Tim, played with Evan a little bit this week. And when they were all saying goodbye, and of course we were coming back to Virginia, they were going to go back to South Carolina. Little Evan now, he's about, I think he's about three, two and a half, three. He says, oh, Uncle Tim, he said, Tim was telling him, and he said, but I'll, I'll lose you, I'll lose you. And what he was saying was, that's his way of saying, I miss, I'll miss you. And what he was saying was, you know, it's like a child saying, I need you. We were down uh, spending a week watching those boys here a while back while their, our daughter and son-in-law were taking a group of high school seniors to New York. And uh, little Evan, always, several times during the week, he'd say, I lost my mom. I lost my mom. And you know what he was saying? I need my mom. I need my mom. Now, fathers, listen to me. All the wealth in the world. And anything and everything else that you good that you could give your children at home cannot take the place of you. They need you. It comes back to relationship, doesn't it? Are you with me this morning? That's essential. That's of utmost importance. I want you to turn back with me to Psalms just a minute. Psalm 127. On the... In your bulletin, there are some verses from Psalm 128. And we had them on the screen earlier today during Sunday school, I believe. But Psalm 128 and Psalm 127 are two tremendous passages of Scripture dealing with the family and the home and so forth. And down through the years, we've all looked at those and studied them and all. But I want you to look at one verse with me from Psalms 127, verse 4. Psalms 127, verse 4. Children's children are the crown of old men and the glory of children. At least it ought to be this way. The hero, the godly hero of the children is the father. Every child 
should have that. In Psalm 127, verse 4, As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of their youth. Someone shared this with me. I don't know too much about bows and arrows. But I do know this. Back in Bible days, bows and arrows were a very essential part of the culture of the day, wasn't it? <laughs> I mentioned we've been up in the mountains. We were uh, for all week. And, and uh, I don't know how many times during the week uh, in our conversations it would come up that how, can you imagine what it must have been? We talked about when the Indians were there, perhaps, or the first set. Can you imagine just, you know, you watch Little House on the Prairie and you think, yeah, man, this would be great. I mean, can you imagine going into those woods with all the undergrowth? You know, you kind of look, get your eyes off everything and look back in, into the woods and you think you come in there with just a hatchet in your hand and a handsaw and, and your family and, 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 and you have, I mean, no electricity, no water. Can you, I mean, we, we can't, the truth is we can't even imagine what it would be like to live like that and go in there and do all that work and so forth and, uh, and, and, and just the basic necessities of life. And by the way, and, and so I, someone shared with me some, some thoughts here on, on eras, making eras and so forth, and, and how that, first of all, you, you're looking for a, a straight branch to make an era out of. And by the way, we were asked this week to look for some straight branches. And, and, and we sharpened the points on, on them. Uh, but we weren't making eras. You, you know what we, were make, what we were doing? Marshmallows. Mar- well, we didn't write marshmallows. Matter of fact, one night we made s'mores. And one of the little granddaughters said one of her favorite parts of the trip was eating her snores. Some of you eat a lot of snores during the night, don't you? Yeah. But we weren't making errors. But listen to this, fathers. First of all, there's the stripping of the bark on that straight branch. And, and you could develop a real message out of this is what they were saying. And that could be, or very well be an illustration of correcting the flesh, Stripping the bark off the... By the way, we called that tanning the hide when I was growing up. <laughs> but I won't get off on that, amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about, okay? Amen. Tanning the hide. Or skinning the bark off the tree, off the branch. Sanding the rough edges are being used of God to sharpen the character and so forth. Number three, sharpening the point at the end, which is... Could be an illustration of, of sharing the wisdom and the discernment that only the principles and truths of the Word of God can give. Number four, applying the fletching are the feathers providing the stability and the accuracy of the flight of the arrow. Again, using that as an illustration of the principles of God's Word, giving them direction in life and so forth. And perhaps the psalmist had some of these things in mind when he wrote this psalm because that was an essential part of life. Back then, we don't think much. Some of you hunt maybe with bow and arrows, but you do it mainly as a sport, and you may eat uh, uh, of the meat that you get, but it's not a basic necessity of life, is it, for us? But it was for them. 
And so the psalmist said, our children are like these arrows. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. <clears throat> and we could apply that to grandchildren also. <clears throat> Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And there's the target, there's the goal. That their lives would be guided by the principles and the truths of the Word of God. Not just for their own benefits, but that it would be a blessing to the entire society and stand in the gate, which is the, which is the courthouse, the center of the community, and be willing in love and boldness by the grace of God to take a stand for what's right and godly and holy, to take a stand for the truth. Oh, isn't that what we want for our children and our grandchildren? Oh, to be a benefit, a godly benefit to the society in which we live. But that's why the Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 to bring them up, not send them, but bring them up and lead them in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Needed godly fathers. Can you say amen to that? And so hopefully today, go back with me to Proverbs chapter 17. Hopefully today God can speak to our hearts as fathers and grandfathers and remind us that the glory of children are their fathers. And if we, by the grace of God, can give our children and our grandchildren by the grace and mercy of God, some example of godliness and holiness, that's the most valuable gift we can give them outside of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now that's not just a useful accessory. That's an absolute essential of utmost importance. Amen. But we all know that. And we're reminded of these things over and over again, aren't we? But sometimes it just doesn't work out. Go back with me to Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 6. Children's children are the crown of all men. Somebody, one Bible commentator, Bible teacher said that reminded us that we serve a perfect God. Can you say amen to that? And by the way, God's principles and God's truth is perfect also. And many times when we turn to a book like Proverbs, we find God's perfect truth, God's perfect principle as how God intended for it to be. But something happened. Sin came into the picture. Messed things up, didn't it? And sometimes we look at God's perfect principle in the Bible and we say, but Pastor... I have a grandchild, I have a great-grandchild, and the crown that he is to his grandmother and grandfather right now is a crown of thorns. When they're little, they step on your toes, and when they're big, they step on your heart. And so you stand up and say, we, we read this perfect principle, and we say, but sometimes that principle doesn't apply because of sin, isn't it? And some are not willing to let God have his way. If everyone would just let God have his way, it could be true of everyone, couldn't it? There are many grandparents today, maybe some of you, whose hearts are heavy and broken. Don't give up on those children. Don't give up on those grandchildren. You keep praying. 
You keep trusting God. Till that heart takes its last beat. <laughs> Amen. There's always hope, isn't there? And you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of children today who their glory is not their father. They don't have a father. Oh, they had, they, they had a father biologically somewhere along the way, but, but maybe they never knew who their father was. Maybe they were abandoned. And many have fathers at home today who certainly cannot be a godly hero to those children. And that's sad, isn't it? That's the world we live in. And so we ask ourselves the question, I ask myself this question. I look back over my life as a father. I look at my life today as a grandfather. And I think, oh God, with these sin natures of ours, in this wicked, sinful world we live in, and how that, and I don't think I'm wrong in saying this, and the culture we're living in today and all that our kids and grandkids are bombarded with, I didn't have to face and deal with half of this. I mean, the world was sinful when I was growing up, but I didn't, I was not bombarded with all that the kids are, would, would, would those of you my age say, agree with that? The world we live in. And so we say, Lord, what can we do? And I thought about what the Apostle Paul said, and we won't turn to these verses, but in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16, the Apostle Paul asked this question. He said, who is sufficient for this? Now, in, in the, he wasn't speaking there in the context of, of fathers and mothers in the home, but he was speaking in the context of the gospel. He said, we've got a message of the gospel here, which is a message of life and death. It's a message of salvation for those who believe, and it's a message of eternal judgment for those who don't believe. It's a and, and, and who is sufficient to go out here and share such an important message with this world? And I ask myself, as we... As if, if, there's a, if, if there's a desire in our hearts today to be godly and holy and set an example for our children and grandchildren, our hearts cry, oh God, who is sufficient for this? And then Paul said in 2 Corinthians 3 verse 5, our sufficiency is of God, amen. Our sufficiency is of God. Who? The ability. Who is competent? Oh, it's only by the grace and mercy of God, Amen. Our sufficiency is of God. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul said, I glory in my infirmities. What father here today would not say, but, but pastor, I, I, I've got my own struggles. I, and we struggle with the world, flesh, and the devil, and we all fall short. And Paul said, I've learned how to glory in my infirmities and my weaknesses that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Power of Christ. It's probably not our infirmities and inadequacies and sometimes our feelings of inadequacies that trouble us. It's probably our iniquities, isn't it? It's just our selfishness and our pride and our sin that gets in the way and we need to just come clean with God and, and have our sins forgiven as fathers and ask God to fill our hearts with love and concern and a cause, realizing that these children, these grandkids are a heritage of the Lord. And oh God, the, the, help me above anything else that you could enable me to give them that's right and good for them. Education, money, all these things. Oh God, help me to be a faithful example for them in the things of God. And God, who is sufficient for that? <laughs> God is our sufficiency, amen? His mercy and His grace. And that comes back to this today. 
and that is relationship. I said about the little grandson, Evan, said, I need you. I lose you. I need you. I need, you know what, fathers? Grandfathers, our children and our grandchildren need us, amen. Need us. Not just time and bacon on the table. And all all these things have their place, provision, protection, and all that. But they need you as a person. They need that godly training and wisdom and so forth. And that relationship begins, you know what will help me to be a better, not a perfect father or grandfather, but you know what will help me to be a better father and a better grandfather and have a better relationship with the children and grandchildren and be, if you want to call it this way, children, perhaps the glory of children are their fathers. You know what will help me is my relationship with God. My relationship with God will determine, will have an effect and influence on every other relationship I have in life. Amen? Your relationship with your father or your lack of relationship with your father will have a tremendous effect upon you. Is that not true? Some of us today, and I say that generically speaking, Many today, for their entire life, struggle. It's a, God's grace enables us to go on, but many of us struggle with issues and struggle our entire lives because we did not have the best of relationships growing up. Some of us were blessed to have Christian moms and dads, and they weren't perfect, but can you imagine? I mean, you don't have to go knock on too many doors to find out there are some horrible situations out there. And those relationships or lack of them, positive or negatively, have tremendous impacts and effects on our lives for years and sometimes into, is that not true? And my friend, your relationship today, and you can be a believer, I'm not just talking about getting saved, your fellowship, your relationship with your Heavenly Father today has an effect of positive or a lack of it, has a positive or negative the best thing I can do is make sure my relationship with my Heavenly Father is what it ought to be, and that will help me to be a better father and a better grandfather. In Ephesians 5, verse 1, you find these words. Be ye followers of God as dear children. First of all, <laughs> first of all, I haven't lost you, have I? Everybody just say amen real loud, okay? Okay. Isn't it wonderful by the grace of God just to be saved and know Jesus Christ as your Savior? And by the way, that's the, that's the starting point right there. If you're not saved, you just need to acknowledge your sin and come to Jesus and get saved. And Ephesians 5.1 says that you be a, as a child, as a child of God, you have a heavenly Father and be ye followers of God. And if you look up that word followers, it means to be an imitator. Imitate God. Copy God. That's what we mean by every child ought to have a godly father that he can follow and imitate and walk in the footsteps of. Amen. And Paul says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 1, Hey, as a child of God, you have a heavenly father and you want to, you want to be like God. You want to be like Christ. You want to be holy and godly and be a follower or an imitator of God. Well, who's sufficient for that? It's only the grace and mercy of God. And then in the very next chapter, in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul said, 
Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. You want to break their will, but don't break their spirit. But lead them and guide them and set the example and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That they can follow you. And by the way, if they learn to follow you in the path of godliness, they'll probably learn to follow God when they get older. Amen. Are you with me this morning? God's ways is always the best ways, isn't it? How do you do that? We won't turn back to Psalms 127, but it says, As arrows are in the hand of what kind of man? Somebody help me. Mighty man. Mighty man. Does that mean mighty in physical strength? Well, not necessarily. I mean, it's all right. Mighty in intellectualism? That's all right. Mighty in riches and wealth? Nothing wrong with that if it's, gotten, if it's rewarded by honest hard work. Mighty in so many areas? Or is it talking about mighty? Applying it from the psalmist. Mighty in the Lord. Mighty in spirit. We sang a chorus that talked about the power of God and, and been mighty in the Lord. Strong in the Lord. Amen. All these areas are important. Don't, please don't misunderstand me. But I tell you what our children and grandchildren need. They need fathers who are mighty in the Lord. Amen. Godly men. And only by the grace and the mercy of God. And wouldn't it be wonderful? Let me give you this illustration and we'll quit. And, for, and you can look these up and read them in your spare time. You've got plenty of it, don't you? <laughs> In 1 Kings chapter 22, there's a story, a real historical story. 1 Kings chapter 22, a war was taking place. Judah and Israel, southern northern kingdom, were joined together. Ahab and Jehoshaphat, and they were at war against Syria. By the way, you still hear those places in the news today. And so the Israeli army and the Syrians were at battle. And one of the Syrian soldiers took a bow and arrow. And in 1 Kings 22, verse 34, it says that that soldier just shot the arrow at venture. And Bible teachers tell us that, that in the Hebrew, that meant he just, he just shot an arrow and just may, perhaps it might hit one of those Israeli soldiers. And the story goes like this. God had prophesied, and it's recorded in the chapter before that, 21, that old wicked Ahab was going to be, was going to die, and his blood would be licked up by the dogs in the very spot that Naboth's blood was shed. God had predicted judgment on wicked King Ahab. And that Syrian soldier shot an arrow, and the hand of God got a hold of it. And guided it. And it says there was a crack in King Ahab's armor. And that arrow went right in. And God's judgment fell on him. Now I'm going to tell you something. Our children and grandchildren are like those arrows. We train them. One day you turn them loose and shoot them out into the world. We serve the same God who can providential, sovereignly get a hold of that arrow, that little girl, that little boy, 
and he can direct them and lead them right where he wants them. Are you with me this morning? Do we believe that? In order to accomplish his purposes, not our goals and purposes, but his purposes for our lives, as arrows are in the hand of a mighty man. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you. Encourage our hearts today, Lord. Sometimes we remind each other of all of our responsibilities, and Lord, we just feel so inadequate and overwhelmed because of our flesh, the world, the devil. But oh, God, we just need to be reminded how great you are, and your grace and mercy sufficient. And God, if we'll just, as Paul said, our sufficiency is of you. And God, you can enable us to be the fathers we ought to be in every area. Yes, Lord, we'll, we'll stumble, we'll fall short. But oh, God, help us to be real and genuine. And leave our children and grandchildren an example by your mercy and grace of holiness and godliness. Speak to our hearts, encourage our hearts, give us faith and boldness. And use us, oh God, raise up godly men. And Lord, it is true. It's not just a song. Every family, every home needs a hero. Every home needs a godly father. And so, Father, help us to be what you want us to be and do what you've called us to do. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you stand with me, please? And while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, is there someone here today and you're not a born-again Christian? Jesus went to that old rugged cross, died for your sins, was buried and rose again. When I ask the piano to begin to play softly. <clears throat> and the first step of becoming a mighty man in God's, from God's perspective, and mighty in spirit, and mighty in godliness and holiness, is coming to Jesus and having your sins forgiven and been saved. If you're here today as a man or woman or a young person or child and you don't know Jesus, would you walk this aisle right now and let someone take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Just come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Have your sins forgiven. And then let's each one of us, and it's not just the fathers, this is true of all of us, just say, oh God, just fill me with your spirit, your grace. God, you are our sufficiency. You can help me to be the mom, the dad, the teenager, the child, to learn to respect and obey. God, you can enable me from day to day to learn how to take the principles of your word and put them to practice. And oh, God, help me to be from the youngest. And by the way, you're never too old to be an arrow in God's hand. It's not just for children. God, help me to be an arrow in your hand that you can take, oh, God, and, and, and accomplish your purposes and rise up at the gate and speak with the enemies. And in love, share the truth of God's word in the times in which we're living. If we can help you, make decisions in your heart to count for time and eternity. And fathers, I hope your heart's just been encouraged and challenged. Your family needs you. They need you. They need you. And all the Lord's people said, Amen.